This is a Kitty Pod production. This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. Shared with the world. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! I'm your pre owned I don't fool with no horses, boy. He's a habitual line stepper. Any savage at all, your mustache is crooked. Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Oh, my good, goodness gracious! Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. I demand the hour, demand the power, too sweet to be sour! Plausibly live, but recorded in parts. From the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York. It's the one, the only, Keep It To Yourself podcast. And now, here's your host, Jason Bullock. I have no idea who he is. But he was dug and dug. All right, that's enough, Morgan. If you think I'm going to quote Emerson Lake and Palmer here, you're dead wrong. But anyway, just the same, this is episode 143 of the old Kitty Pod, second week of December 2021. I'm no longer going to give the date, but I will say that I am about one week away from entering my 40th year on this earth, or I'm on the cusp of it somewhat. Man, nearing 40. That sounds scary, man. Just shaking in my shoes on mention of that. But also, we are knee-deep in the holiday season, the run-up to Christmas, that's a big thing, my birthday. Be on the 16th. You got nine days till Christmas, so you're in the final run-up. That's the final countdown. Okay, we don't have the rights to that song either. Anyway, uh, what a way to re- start this episode. We're off in a cloud of indecision here, folks, as I'm trying to get it straight here. Not sure what we're going to talk about today. This is going to be one of those mishmash episodes. Kind of mailing it in. I apologize for that. I say at the end of every episode, I take the audience for granted. I never do, really. I may have recently, I always say that, you know, tongue-in-cheek, jokingly, but there you have it. Let's get to the social media before we get ourselves in an even deeper hole. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast, their decision, not mine. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page, and that's where the episodes go, that and the Twitter feed on the social media, so you can just find them there. We begin this episode with a rather festive edition of the vanity portion. So what has been happening in the life of one J. Michael Bullitt? How has he started his holiday celebrations? Well, as you may recall in the last episode, I told of how much I miss holiday celebrations from pre-COVID times around here. And by that, I mean the capital region of New York State. And the two events I missed the dearest and the most, and most dearly, take your pick, happened on the same day more often than not. Well, actually they did for two years in a row. The Babes in Troyland Market, hosted by Troy Flea at Talk House, and then downstairs Franklin Alley Social Club, they would have their annual Christmas in July and December party. And now the only time where I would wear a one of my little uh, silk shirts that I normally wear in the summertime, have a little Santa hat and just not look, not feel guilty for looking like a complete mook in other times. <laughs> like, this fucking weirdo, what's he doing? I know he's in the spare, but come on, man. 
Well, that's what I missed. But there's no Tales of Franklin Alley here, but instead we're rebranding it. Tales of the Collar City. Victorian Stroll Opening Day Edition. Well, this was the second of two holiday observations. I'll get to the first one in just a moment. We're going in reverse order here, as you can tell. So, midday Sunday, a little hemming and hawing about whether I wanted to do this, but originally I decided to go visit Talk House. Now, there's this band around here called the Luster Kings, and they had a concert going at 3 o'clock. Well, I'm not familiar with their music, to be honest with you. And ultimately decided, ultimately, hello, hello, old Clark, happy holidays. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. There was this Luster Kings band that was going to do the concert at Talk House, do the thing there. But I figured, well, I actually found out they are open to noon. So I'm like, well, I'll just go down there. So after getting my secret Santa gift at my workplace, I decided, well, I'm just going to sally forth to Troy. And this was the first of three days of the Victorian Stroll. It used to be like one big massive event. Traffic was a nightmare getting into the city, finding parking, etc., etc. They closed off some of the roads in the Collar City compared to what they did up north. More on that in a minute or thereabouts. With the Uncle Sam parking garage likely headed for the scrap heap of history never to be remembered by anyone, me especially, my new parking jam has been the garage on Fifth Avenue. And I wound up having to park on the second deck. I knew it was going to be busy, but that's my new go-to. I don't know where else I was going to park, to be honest with you. But thankfully, I had to go almost to the near top deck of the whole garage. Parked in a good spot. Walked four flights of stairs down to this alley. And then straight shot the talk house. Went across the street. Went by some guys who were uh, smoking the old May Wee, a little Sunday high, if you know what I mean. A little getting uh, toked up on the large day. And Victorian strolled too. Went across 3rd Street. Opened the door to Talk House. The magic building on 55 3rd Street. Troy, New York. 12180. And now sooner did I get in the door. Old Frank Sicari himself. Gave the uh, warm greeting. La cheeserie. Dap him up. Mashed up of course the both of us were. And it was quite the occasion. First visit in two years since, well, Babes in Troyland 2019 and the aforementioned event down at FASC. Well, folks, we had a little chat there. Two ladies interrupted the conversation ever briefly because this like their first visit. Like, hey, what kind of place is this? Well, got a little explanation then. A bit of a chat said, all right, well, Frank said, I'll be walking around, as will I. And I did just that. Went up to the bar area. A lot of changes, though. Since last I visited, Frank's now ex-wife, but they're good friends and business partners. This is Heidi. Started this new business called Metal Art Catering. Want to give them the shout-out. They had a little pop-up thing in the Horseshoe Bar area at Talk House. The movie theater seats were gone. There were some tables and chairs strewn about the, the thing there. Those movie theater seats were, you may recall, three years ago, I first locked eyes with a lovely redhead. Still burned that I didn't get her contact info. Oh boy, that was the one that got away right there. Anyway, back to the lecture at hand. Metal Art Catering had set up shop, and there was like vegan soup and whatnot. I wasn't particularly hungry. So I said, you know what? I can have lunch when I get home. It'll be late, but what the hell? I'll have something to eat. So 
I got me some vegan hot chocolates, strolled around Talk House, even went downstairs to Franklin Alley Social Club. I haven't mentioned this yet. Frank Sicari has now turned the joint into a barcade. Now, for the uninitiated and some of the oldsters out there, I have to give you a brief explanation. Bar, arcade, portmanteau, smush the two together. That's what you get. All right, well, what is it? Okay, I'm getting there. Just be patient, will you? A barcade is like, you know, it's a bar where, you know, you get certain adult beverages, beer, liquor, etc. And then you just go play video games and have yourself a time, you know, by yourself or with other people. Preferably the latter, so they can watch you do your thing. But there was still shuffleboard and bocce ball to be played, more the former than the latter. Hung out for a little bit, you know. Frank was milling about doing his thing. He was sat at the little uh, reception desk, whatever you call it, right nearby. And then I'm just watching the shuffleboard, drinking my hot chocolate, minding my own business. And then 9 o'clock, Heidi shows up. I hadn't seen Heidi in a good long time. It was great to see her again. Of course, I did mention the, the breakup. I mean, it's, it was still in good terms. I mean, they're still friends and business partners. And as far as divorce proceedings go, everything went as smooth and on the level as you could possibly get given the circumstances. Marriage is hard, especially when you're business partners with now three, count them three, full-service for-profit establishments going. All in the same building with two different addresses, no less. So I was not long for the Talk House Franklin Alley Social Club Metal Art Complex. So I bolted about 115, gave Frank uh, my best, wished him all the best wishes of the holiday season. You know, the old, if you're on your bike tonight, do wear white, ho, 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 all that. And sallied out the door, back into the streets. Then went up the street to this place called the Tech Valley Center of Gravity. Probably just do coding there. I don't know too much about the place or what they do there. But they had this little uh, artisan's market there. So I went, the place was fucking packed, y'all. That mask mandate was in the building for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Because holy shit, I could barely move. Lucky everybody wore a mask. Nobody had a big COVID outbreak. Thank God. And that was pretty much it, you know, pretty lackluster stroll, at least compared to past years. I know you wanted to give more people time to take care of the event, so the easiest time I've ever had getting in and ultimately getting out of Troy. So that was it right there. This has been Tales of the Collar City, but we're not done with the vanity portion just yet. The night previous, or some 12 hours, okay, you know, okay, the previous day, let's Quit being Zach. You didn't. You weren't there at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, shut up. Anyway, back to Saratoga. I'm getting messed up here. Anyway, the night previous, me and this friend of mine named Lindsay uh, went up to the Victorian Streetwalk in Saratoga Springs, my beloved hometown. Now, in past years, just like with the Victorian stroll, they would confine all to one fixed date and one portion thereof. In this case, the nighttime, and it was the week after Thanksgiving. Well, they decided to spread the love out this year. They're going to include a whole weekend. So not just the Thursday night main event, but Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. And it was a rather chilly night for early December in upstate New York. Thank you, climate change. So much so that we wound up getting hot chocolate. The Salvation Army had a van there. They were dishing out free hot cocoa to anybody who said, Hey, let me have some hot cocoa. I said, here you go. Happy holidays. And two kettle ringers right there alongside uh, the sidewalk there. So we just walked around town, 
Didn't go to any of the shops because we had some hot beverages. And we were talking about what we we're going to do for supper. Now, there are some places downtown, and we weren't sure which, but we would have had a late dinner if we had gone to Wilton before I took her home. But we went to this place in the Saratoga Marketplace called Comfort Kitchen. And a friend of mine from way back, we were on the same YMCA basketball team, went undefeated, won the championship back in the prehistoric era. He runs this place, and it was a great meal. I had a rather passable Cuban sandwich. My friend had the fried chicken sandwich. I think she had the better meal, but that's just me. It was rather busy downtown. Almost had the same parking situation as I would in Troy 18 hours later. Okay, exact time there. You happy, bud? Okay, keep going on with the podcast. All right, get out. Anyway, so it's great they spread it out, but... I got tipped off that they didn't close off Broadway. So instead of people milling about in the street, there was just cars going by like it was just your average Saturday night in the Spa City. They even closed the joint office, so the sidewalks, as you could imagine, were almost packed to the gunnel. But just the same, a good time was had by all. And that was it, folks, for the vanity portion as we get into the holiday season here. Now, a little reminder before we get to the next segment, whatever that is. Some housekeeping is in order, and I apologize for burying the lead here. This is the last episode before our annual holiday shit fest, and we're getting guests lined up here, so a little update. Adam Parada, we're looking to do a in-person holiday shit fest. We had to take it to the internet last year, you may recall. What a wild time that was. Uh, shit show of technical difficulties notwithstanding. But this is going to be the first in-person thing I've done since, well, the Holiday Shit Fest two years ago when it was me and uh, Adam Parada. I'm lining up guests for a virtual one. We're going to try and make it a Holiday Super Shit Fest. And Jeff DeRossi, shout out to him out there in California, IA. He is looking to hop on the Zoom. We've had some guests from last year who unfortunately will not be able to join us in the virtual merrymaking. But we're going to try our best. Haven't heard from Derek Pedrick. Haven't heard from Jim Perillo. But you know what? I have a virtual thing going up. This is on Saturday as I record this. It's going to be a virtual holiday slash birthday celebration for yours truly. As if I couldn't be enough of an egomaniac. And it's going to be some members of my high school graduating class. We had the 20th reunion and people have been praising me for helping to maintain community on the social media, even though we're scared about all parts of the United States of America and other parts of the world too. And by that, I mean Europe. Germany, sweet. <clears throat> so there you have it right there. I'm going to try and make it a holiday shit fest. Part of that episode, get some fresh blood in here along with the old standby. So you have that to look forward to as you wrap up 2021. You get into the holidays and we get into the new year. Take some time off potting and then be back in 22 with some new content. We're getting to the fifth anniversary of this thing here. So that's the vanity portion. That's the housekeeping. And now on to whatever this is. Now, as you may recall from last week's episode, I answered the TK Little's Friday Five from Mary Faye Randolph, and it was a rather festive one. And the first question of which was, between four things related to the holidays, what are you going to get rid of and why? The choices were holiday cards, holiday songs, holiday lights, 
and I forget what the fourth one was. I can't, I can't recall offhand. I said, and without interpretation, holiday cards, I'm chucking them. Mainly because the internet and social media and texting and all that, all this technology has sent that out to pasture. And I also mentioned further that it also got rid of one of the more hated aspects of the holiday season. It was called the Round Robin. It's a letter you get from family, friends around Christmas time telling you how better they had it this year than you did. It was kind of a tongue-in-cheek little description there, but I do remember that I had this teacher. I had him for half of eighth grade before I got mainstreamed into social studies class at Saratoga Springs, well, then junior high school. And for years afterwards, every year, he would send us a letter telling you how the family did. I thought that was rather nice of him. The last one I got was 2008. I have it saved somewhere. Now, a year earlier, I had a little holiday sabbatical from my now previous workplace, and I went and bought with my money a book called Christmas Letters from Hell, All the News We Hate from the People We Love by Michael Lent. And there's some rather funny ones here that I want to share with you right now. And I'm going to really ramp up the funny. I'm going to start with this passage called Yuletide Yearnings from Christopher Walken. So you're going to hear my impression skills come to life here, or lack thereof. I'm a way want to hear it. All right, I told you to get out of here. Come on, listen up. <clears throat> I have a process. I know the season is supposed to be cheery and bright, cool, dry and soothing, full of mystique and obviously merry making, what have you. But me, I worry about, you know, things like how are you going to pay apartment, food, clothes? Can I confess something? I tell you this because I think you'll understand. Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me fast. I had the sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. I told you you wouldn't have it. Get out of here. Some of you have expressed some sort of, you know, reluctance to come over for Christmas dinner. Am I such a bad guy? Have I hurt you? Have I shot you? In the groin, others have excuses. Sicilians are great liars, the best in the world. Now, there are 17 different things a guy can do when he likes to give them away. A guy is 17 pantomimes. A woman's got 20, but a guy's got 17. What we got here is a little game of show and tell. You don't want to show me nothing, but you're telling me everything. You're a cantaloupe. That wasn't written there. I put it in. I just might have to come over to your place. Your door isn't thick enough to pretend you're not home when you're home. Or maybe we can go down to Marie Callender's and get us a bowl of pies. Some ice cream on it. Mmm, good. Put some on your head. Your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? Signed, Chris Walken. I gotta have more cowbell, baby. This next one would have appealed to me back in my younger days, especially when I was in college. This letter is entitled, Booyah Christmas, R.I.P. Stuart Scott, and apologies, from your college roommate. I had one only once in my college career back at Castleton, sophomore year, 
Not a good experience. I don't really want to talk about it. Let's get right to the funny, shall we? <clears throat> hey, did you friggin' eat my body butter? I distinctly remember leaving a half of a container of coconut chocolate swirl body butter right here and now. Wait, never mind. Here it is under the couch. My bad. Did you happen to see the lid? Bro, man, oh man, did we get off to a bumpy start this semester or what? Holy hoo-ha at the beginning. For some reason, all my previous roomies got reassigned even with the housing shortage. Anyway, who can remember who did what? Am I right? Important thing is we can laugh about it now. Maybe this is Christmas and the Cuervos talking, but I feel like we shared the love the last few weeks. I'll be a man and admit I'm not perfect. Sorry about the Bengay on the toothbrush. That was a prank gone awry. The mouth wouldn't be my first choice to get a chemical burn, I'm guessing, but that's the wild thing about pranks. This is probably a good time to say sorry about last night. Was that Amanda from Lit Class? Boy, does she look different in a sheet. I totally brain farted that the sock on our doorknob was the signal that the dorm was rocking. I know, I know. The text message, locked door and sock should have done the trick, but I was pretty hammered, truth to tell. I definitely meant to respect your privacy and head right back on out of here, but the way that thing stuck to my heel, I thought some kind of damn squid got a hold of me. I never screamed so loud in my life. I'm definitely going to stop going around barefoot. Seriously, though, you guys shouldn't have diaphragms laying around where somebody could step on them. The kick was just a fight-or-flight response that I immediately regretted after seeing Amanda's protection go sailing out that open window. Is her nose okay? Looked like I broke it. Anyway, I've posted notices all around campus, and it's just a matter of time before someone returns Amanda's property back to her. BTW, from what I could see, you guys make a cute couple. Glad we put that behind us, too, because I was thinking about taking some of the same classes as you had last semester. You didn't by chance happen to keep your papers, did you? No special reason, just checking. For January, I'm thinking about converting our closet into a hydroponics. My old man says I gotta get a job and some book money. You don't mind, do you? I'll give you a cut even though you don't partake. Don't knock it till you try it, bro. In advance, sorry about your shirt that's tucked back inside your suitcase. It looked fancy. For some reason, your iron didn't have a setting for grilled cheese and I just had to wing it. Pretty sure it wasn't working properly anyway. I had a hell of a time stuffing that stick of butter into the steam chamber and it was hardly worth the trouble. I'm just saying. Maybe it was operator error. I looked but didn't see anything that said, do not insert butter into the seam orifice. There's no funny lines there. Then again, I was pretty baked. So you headed home to Vermont for the holidays? See the rents, huh? That's cool. Family's good. Me? I'm free of the burden just as easy. Your sis is fine. I'm sure you hear that a lot. The wall photo I found? I don't know. I'm now busted for snooping or whatever. But damn. Is that a graduation or maternity gown or what? High school grad or Milfa-Palooza, either way, I'm down with it. Diggity-dang, talk about home for the holidays. Man, if you need the company, I'm here for you. What do you say? Or maybe I'll just stay here and keep an eye on our stuff. Merry Christmas, bro. Best, Chick Miller. Two more here and then we'll move on with the end of the show. And even if you're white trash, you ought to get in the holiday spirit. And this is a letter called Merry Christmas from Krugersville. By the way... This book isn't available in stores so far as I know. You probably have to go on Amazon in the second-hand business there. Anyway, here's our third letter. 
Merry Christmas from Krugersville. As usual, it has been a fun and exciting year in Krugersville. <clears throat> I've often said that if you throw a chair on national television, the world will beat a path to your trailer. Judging by the reaction of folks around town, it's only a matter of time before the endorsements and live store rights start rolling in, following our appearance on Jerry Springer. Tells you how long ago this was. Editor's note. I think we all came off pretty damn good. As Dad always used to say, when you have a dream, you have to follow it no matter where it takes you. Cleveland, in his case. I guess the biggest news is that Linwood turned 10 this week. As you know, Lynn, Bob, and me are fervent believers in unintelligible design. The concept that God the Creator has a plan for all things, but most people are too gosh darn ignorant to understand it. So we have formed a homeschool for children who have been pulled from homeschools that are too permissive. Case in point. Children who march around to Barney, who we all know exist mainly to test our faith. I guess there are a growing number of like-minded individuals in Colorado. Still, it was quite a shock for Lynn, Bob, and me when we were named to the Krugersville School Advisory Board. This board, and now us, is in charge of making the recommendations for all the textbooks in the classrooms. We review boxes and boxes of textbooks to make sure they are suitable for all schools in the valley. Not many pass mustard, I can tell you that. This next sentence also tells you how dated this is. I'm still working at the Big K. My position is still very high profile since it's my job to polish the blue light that shines that much brighter now that Martha Stewart is back in society. Can you say total major stress? Mama managed to ride out this year's hurricane in Coco del Rosado. She has a new street address on account of the double wide getting blowed one street over. We'll keep you posted if she gets moved again. By the way, she did A-OK in the Kaleida settlement. Hallelujah. Arlen Steven just turned 14. We think he may have OCD like I read about, so we're trying to get him on meds. He spends hours at a time in the bathroom running through the Zest and Jurgens like they're going out of style. When we ask him what he's doing, he says, Washing up. This year was not all fun and games. We said goodbye to Mr. March, who was 10 days shy of making it into the Guinness Book of Records as the world's oldest crossing guard. It is truly a blessing that he forgot his glasses that fateful day and never saw the semi that sent him to the pearly gates. Shout out to Debbie and Scranton. I don't think you should be on Mason's butt all the time about the racetrack. He's bound to get better at the bets. After all, it's only money. As for you complain whenever he comes home broke, I would remind you of what Mama Clark, a woman who could make broken glass out of lemonade, always said. Only a quitter quits, you big fat quitter. We carry you in our prayers. Enjoy the blessed holiday full of the knowledge of the love that, that God Almighty has for you. Love and blessings of the season to all of you. Signed, Linella. I don't know about you, but this is becoming a real impression fest, no? Anyway, we're going to close out this segment by returning somewhat to the original conceit of Around Robins. And... I'm going to play it straight this time. It's called the Henderson Family Holiday Gazette. Henderson! Esquire Brothers. All the news Phyllis can print year-end roundup. And it takes to this fashion. <clears throat> Grampy falls in holiday violence. The police officer said it was a childish prank that almost turned deadly. Someone who was too gutless to come forward put a vibrator in this year's Thanksgiving turkey. As soon as Hal cut into it, the birds started bouncing around and 
What with a house full of people, you can imagine the panic. I heard someone screaming, later they said it was me, and my first thought was, oh my god, this turkey is possessed. I should have shopped at the Safeway, like I always do. Satan's fowl seemed to rise up on its hind legs. And that's when Grandpa leaped into action. I need not remind anyone that it was Grandpa who saw action as a clerk in the South Pacific during World War II. The metal plate in Gramps' head is a constant reminder of that stapler accident. Always one to make the best of a bad situation, he uses a refrigerator magnet to keep his to-do list extra handy. Anyhow, Grandpa longs for those exciting days and watching him wrestle Satan's foul into submission, taking out a serving table on the way to the floor. I remember thinking, at least he'll die doing what he loved best. Luckily, the paramedics were able to revive him, but they kept him overnight at St. Mary's under observation just as a precaution. All's well that ends well, I suppose, and I have promised not to point fingers. Phyllis has it on good authority that Lorraine and Neil are some kind of swingers. I, for one, am not surprised. The police officer didn't have enough information to make the arrest, but prison is what they deserve. Straighten them out quick. May they rot in hell for ruining my turkey. Good news, Larry turns 50. Larry celebrated turning the landmark age of 50 by buying the 1967 Firebird he always wanted. The car isn't actually running, no engine, but Larry insists it was the deal of the century and couldn't be passed up. Larry is taking an automotive shop course at the local community college and believes this will be the perfect father and son project for him and the neighbor's kid, Dwayne. Despite the new toupee and rumors to the contrary, Larry is not in the middle of a full-blown midlife crisis. Son Roger's low sperm count dooms hope for grandkids. We don't know how many more good years we have left, but it's his life as he's told us a thousand times. If he wants to reduce his chances by wearing bikini briefs, it is an our say. Then again, what can you say about someone who joined the Navy in order to learn how to swim? Or somebody whose idea of funny is going into a Kmart dressing room and then yelling, Hey, we're all out of toilet paper in here. Robbie's Corner has reported to Mom. Besides computers, I enjoy ham radio and belong to two ham radio clubs. Saturday mornings, I go on a ham radio fox hunt. Someone hides anywhere west of Clearwater and transmits from his ham radio. The contest is who will find this fox first using radio signals. I, Robbie, explore a lot of conservation land and parks and trails in search of good places for the fox to hide. The end. Steve's blog tells it like it is. Kudos to Steve for his scathing expose of the Special Olympics in the Clearwater Free Press Circular. You can't tell me some of those kids haven't crossed the line. I don't care how many of them pick at our house. Tragedy strikes the Coopers. Our neighbors Phil and Lenore have always been traditionalists. Store-bought is not good enough for them. Steve calls their annual neighborhood barbecue the blowhard strip the bountiful. Hee-hee. <laughs> they say it's not about being better than other people. We will see if they still say the same thing when they get back from St. Joseph's Hospital. Word to the wise, if you buy a Christmas tree from one of those cut-it-yourself places, make sure you check it out carefully before you set it up and invite a lot of people over for a tree-trimming party. Apparently, killer bees take a while to wake up, but when they do, they sure don't like flashing lights. Here's wishing our dear neighbors Phil and Lenore and everyone else invited to that tree-trimming party a speedy recovery.
God bless. And finally, a Christmas prayer. Here's hoping Jesus will lead all mankind out of the darkness in the new year. And keep those letters to McDonald's coming. We think our idea of McManager toys and every Happy Meal is a good one. Collect them all. Amen. Well, there you have it, folks. Parodies of a relic of holiday cheer that was long reviled, but now long gone and not missed by anyone, me included. All right, folks, we're about ready to bring this rickety flight home. And before we get to the holiday shit fest and, well, the end of this episode, we got some quick podcast shouts we got to get to. Kind of light on the pot front, to be honest with you. Nothing from Peter Winston or Steve Bennett Greens from Allentown Sportscasters. No episodes there. We're going to make this quick. The Break It Down show with Pete A. Turner. Margaret Eunice was on the show talking about human engineering, whatever that is. Carter Wilson and Cork Graham talked authors and books and whatnot. And just for a little lighthearted fair, Mandy Barnett talked country music. You can follow the Break It Down show at Break It Down show and the host thereof, Pete A. Turner at Pete A. Turner across all your social medias. And Chuck and Roxy had themselves a week with the Loyal Littles podcast. Tim Cree and Marcy Dillon made their way onto the big show. You can follow the podcast at Loyal Littles Pod. As for this dog and pony show, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, your podcast of choice. If it has rating and review capabilities, please give me a five-star rating and a good write-up. That would help me out a good deal. And also, just recently dropped my last episode of CR Crime for 2021, a rather appropriate one given the time of year. We finally get to talking about Sapphire Terry. I promised this last year. But this year, I delivered, and it's brief, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it. We've now made it to one more thing, the closing segment of every Kitty Pot episode. And we're going to talk football here and now with our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Century of the Week. We've been a little rusty here. We had two picks, one in college, the other in the pros. And let me tell you, folks, I knew Michigan was going to put an ass whooping on Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. But I didn't know the half of it, brother. Congrats to the Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh. They're in the college football playoff. Bad news, you get Georgia. And Alabama's back in at number one because Georgia laid a stink bomb against Alabama in the SEC title game last Saturday. Ah, Perardua. And worse yet, for yours truly, I completely underestimated the weather situation in western New York for the Monday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Mac Jones, two for three for only 19 yards. He still won the game. It was certainly ground and pound. And I took the over when I should have taken the under. I made the vow that I'm never going to do it again. And here's hoping this week's play is going to hold to that. Now for the uninitiated, this is where I take one game, at least, from the weekend's college and NFL slate. And in the former case, we're done with the regular season. We got all the 1,100 bowl games coming up over the holidays. And the college football playoff. Of that, we'll have none. So allow me one last college football pick for this season. Because it's going to be the pros from here on out. And there's going to be one game in either the pro or the college slate that matters to yours truly. And that's the annual Army-Navy game. Last year, Army was essentially the home team. It was their stadium. 
in front of a limited capacity crowd, probably army cadets at West Point and a certain orange fascist who is no longer president, and here's hoping he don't do it again. Politics over. This is a clash that is kind of a house divided at Bullet House. My dad is a Navy veteran, and his companion is an Army veteran, so it's sure to be a dandy of a game. Navy, well, historically, they've been the dominant team in this rivalry, at least the years I've watched them play this game. Army, those had a better season than Navy. This is pretty rare. The line as of time of recording is Army favored by a touchdown. They open an eight-point underdog, but somehow they're now the seven-point favorite. And this is going to disappoint my dad, but it's going to be go Army, beat Navy. I'm taking Navy minus the seven points. And that will do it for episode 143 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I certainly thank you for your support and for your ear holes. I don't know about that taking the audience for granted thing. And here's hoping I didn't this week. Especially because next week it's our last show of the year. It's our 2021 holiday shit fest. Adam Parada's confirmed. Jeff DeRossi's confirmed. We don't know who else is going to be making it onto the episode. But it's sure to be a holly jolly time just the same. So thanks for listening this week. I'll talk to you next week for our fifth annual holiday shit fest. And as always and above all else. Wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis Lids. Sit, boo boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs> Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription. It's more cowbell. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Put some on your head. Your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get it to shit. Boy, does she look different in a sheet. I totally brain farted that sock on the door. Grampy Falls and Holiday Vi- This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. Shared with the world.